being fearless is just that you're on this journey and you're going to trip. We talk about taking steps back. It's really about taking steps sideways and you are fearless. You have that attitude within you to move forward no matter what gets in your way. Welcome to the Thriving in Chaos Project. Certified divorce coach and credentialed mediator Paulette Rigo invites you to grab a favorite beverage, find a cozy seat, soothe your soul, and take a listen. This podcast was created and inspired by our courageous journeys, love for connecting with others, and having meaningful conversations that teach, impact, and heal through sharing our stories. In each episode, Paulette will be joined by some of the most experienced and compelling experts in all things divorce and transformation. Listen to prepare and thrive through the toughest chapters as we reveal our hardships, celebrate our lessons learned, and see the future clearly with encouragement, hope, and joy. Leave feeling empowered and prepared to approach life and maintain our dignity no matter what. Each podcast episode, focuses on sharing real conversations from real life situations. Isn't it time you thrived? Welcome to the Thriving in Chaos Project. I am Paulette, your host, and today's episode, I am thrilled to be here with Gabby Holly. She's a relationship and love coach focusing on improving communication post-divorce in blended families and co-parenting. And I know, I know, those of you that know me, I've had love and relationship coaches on the show before, rightfully so, because it has so much to do with divorce, planning for surviving healing, but Gabby's different. She has a twist. And I knew when I met her just a week or so ago, right, Gabby, it was like pretty recent Yeah, that there was a reason that we met and I don't believe in coincidences. So I am really thrilled she's here. Um, Can you start at the beginning of your journey with why you do what you do, why it's so important to you? Because I know that your story is going to make an impact and help others. So start us at the beginning. What happened? Why do you do what you do? Yeah. So I was in a relationship in high school, um, you know, married my high school sweetheart. We were together for about five or six years and then we married. Um, so a little bit of my backstory is I was born um, with cystic fibrosis and that is a genetic lung disease. It also affects sinuses and your gut. So growing up, I was, you know, a little bit um, self-conscious, you know, would I find anybody that could love me? And in high school, I did. And he, you know, made me feel like the most important person. And we ended up getting married and adopting two kids because I could not have children of my own. Um, And then our relationship kind of took a turn and um, it was very early on, but he would say things to me that would make me feel like, oh my gosh, like, why would you say that to me? I, I don't, you know, it, there, it got so bad that he would say like, I hope you, you 
you die from your illness. And it was pretty extreme. And there was some alcohol involved with those. And he'd apologize and make me feel really good. And, you know, I just ignored it and we moved on. Um, and then, you know, we went through our marriage. I had a smile on. Not a lot of people really knew what was going on behind closed doors. My mom and dad definitely had an idea. And, you know, they prayed for me a lot. Um, and our relationship, we went on a family vacation. Um, and this was about 10 years after we were together. And I was driving and our kids were in the back two seats and then his family was in the way back. And he um, got mad at me and I believe it was over some, you know, GPS, you know, directions to where we were going. And he reached over and he slammed my head on the steering wheel. And it was from that moment that I just said, you know, he's willing to do this in front of people. I need to get out. So it was from that moment on that I really thought I can't do this anymore. And I never, I never had a feeling that, you know, he'd hurt our kids. That was, he always had anger towards me, but it was never our kids. So that's kind of the backstory of how we started out and where our relationship went. So here you are. Uh, how old were you when you had this revelation when your head was slammed into the steering wheel? And you had, how old were the children? The kids were, um, I want to say two and four. And you were how so old? I was, that was six years ago. So I was about 28-ish. Okay. So you're 28 years old, a young mother with two small children. And what went through your head? Because the questions naturally would be, how do I stay safe? How can, I, can we heal this relationship so that we can raise these children together? How am I going to support myself? Where am I going to live? Do I need a lawyer? Uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the fear, yeah. the overwhelm, the stress, the confusion, and the, the shame and embarrassment. How did you overcome that to a place now where you are happily remarried congratulations yeah, as yeah. of a whole of two weeks um <laughs> and i know i know she's blushing i hope i wish you could all see her uh beautiful young woman that she is um and and how did you overcome that because there's so many women out there like you my dear and i i don't say yes. that condescending at all that is i want to lift you up and put you on a pedestal the fact that you had the courage, the, the strength, right. To acknowledge that this was a problem. This was unacceptable behavior and not something you wanted to spend the rest of your life in. So how did you do that? Yeah. yeah so for me, it was all about, you know, family and friends. Um, I lost, you know, we were together for a long time and our friends were so mingled that that was difficult for me. Um, because you have that, oh, are they going to go with him or are they going to come with me? Every woman that I've spoken to has that thought going through their mind. Um, but my family really was there for me. And it was my kids that I looked at them and just said, I don't want them to grow up thinking that this is okay. Um, you know, we, 
my health was always a big concern for me, but I really was the one who took care of a lot around the house. He had his hobbies that he enjoyed. Um, and I always said like my hobby was my kids. I loved being home and even as sick as I had gotten, um, there was nothing more that, that I wanted than to take care of those kids. And when I left, I went and lived with mom and dad and they were very supportive of me. Um, you know, I got my own place, stood on my own two feet. When I was with him, he was the breadwinner. I, you know, we lived this life of a beautiful home. You know, we had all the extra fun stuff. We had a campground we went to. And when I left, it was like, I don't need that. I just want to be here for my kids. And that's what I did. Um, you know, there, a couple of years went by and I met um, my now husband and he had a son as well. So we, you know, took it slow. Both of us had been in very difficult past relationships. So we had a connection that, you know, we understood each other without saying it. And then um, after, I want to say it was hmm, six, about nine months, eight to nine months after we met and we were together, um, I was diagnosed with um, end stage cystic fibrosis. And I was told that I did not have long to live. And the look in his eyes of support and it did not matter to him was a look that I had never received before. And I get goosebumps thinking about it. He was just right by my side. And, you know, it didn't matter that my kids were adopted. He loved them just the same. Um, and it was just family, friends, and my kids that kept me going. And, you know, it was really hard for me to leave because it was comfortable. Mm. So when I took that step away and I just knew like, I will be okay. Um, that was that was the moment for me where it was all gonna be okay. And after meeting Paul and, you know, being with him, it was, it was a beautiful relationship that I honestly never thought that I could have because in the past I was told that I would never have anything better than what I had. Mm. Well, I'm speechless, and I, too, have that lump in my throat and the uh, hair on the back of, well, my arms are standing up. So I commend you for that, and sharing your story is not easy. So here now you are in a new marriage, and you're a blended family, as we air quote mm -hmm. that. How is the journey of co-parenting now with your ex and the children and your new husband and him? And I don't know if your new husband also has an ex, right? So there yes. must be some chemistry or, oh, guide us. How do you do it? Do you use co-parenting apps? What schedule do you use? Like those nitty gritty questions are so helpful because it's the success stories, ladies, that inspire you and empower you to understand that it is possible. So what have you learned? How do you do it? And help us. I've learned that um, we're fearless and being fearless is not a, you know, it's not that you have zero fears. It's that in the journey that you have, 
you have this attitude of being fearless. And that is what has gotten me from feeling so broken. Like I am never going to be with someone that loves me. I'm never going to, um, you know, for me, it was a lot of the illness, you know, can I supersede this? Will anybody love me if I'm dying kind of a thing? Um, and just taking that step of, you know, this is okay. You are not alone. Um, in my journey, I've learned by speaking to many women that this is just something that we don't talk about often enough, mm -hmm. but it's happening every single day to so many women. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we were talking earlier, you mentioned about the divorce rates, you know, they are super high and it's just something that we have a hard time talking about. And I, I believe that, you know, co-parenting with my ex, it was very difficult at first. Um, you know, he really wanted me to come back. I did go back momentarily. You know, I did the whole, this has got to change. It didn't happen. And finally I stepped away. Um, but like I said, I never, him and I had a very, very difficult relationship, but he loved those kids and he still today loves those kids. And when we divorced, I do have that one thing that maybe I regret a little bit was, you know, I just looked at him and said, this is over. He said, yeah, you're right. Let's get an attorney and let's get this done. We did that without a parenting plan or anything in place. So a couple of years after, you know, things started getting really rocky and I had to take him, you know, back to court, which was never something that I wanted to do, but we needed a parenting plan to set out those guidelines of, you know, here's the holiday schedule. Here is, you know, if you can't be with the kids, I want, you know, that first chance to say, can I have them for the weekend before they go to your family? So there were some things that we had to do to make sure that our co-parenting was in line. And today, I mean, we laugh, you know, he drops off the kids and we talk about something and we laugh and, you know, he has my husband's number. Um, and so he'll text him if he's early dropping him off and I'm not home. I've met his now girlfriend and she seems amazing. So, you know, I never thought that we'd be able to have an okay relationship and not every woman, every woman that I talk to can do that, but it is a possibility for some. And I'm glad that we're at that, that point. Mm, makes me happy. And the children now are, oh, you said eight, nine, and 10, correct? Right? Yes. Yeah. So they're yeah. right in the middle of not being young enough to not understand what's going on. Like, you know, Getting yeah. divorced when you have a six-month-old is a lot less complicated than when you have a six-year-old uh, or a 16-year-old or a 26-year-old or, dare I say, 36-year-old um, <laughs> because they're, they're little and they don't understand. And, and chances are pretty good they won't have a lot of memories about what life was like prior to the divorce. But when they're this age, um, yeah, they're still at the age when you say, you know, get dressed, put on your shoes, brush your teeth. They might roll their eyes and, you know, I'd rather do this than they have an opinion. But for the most part, they understand that, you know, mom and dad make decisions in their best interest. But then when they hit to be teenagers, well, all hell breaks loose. And, uh, and especially at 14, because at 14, in the eyes of the law, they're able to have a voice in where, in fact, the children live. So getting divorced yeah. with children that are 14 older or soon 
you know, 13, you, you're pretty much there, maybe even 12. But when they're in that age of uh, the honeymoon period, shall we call it, it's, it's a little bit, um, it's good in one hand that they're aware and you can communicate with them, right? But on the, she's nodding. But on the other hand, it's hard because they're aware. So, yes. so how has the emotional journey been for them with all of a sudden now, hey, we're, we're step, you know, siblings and we've got a new dad and a new mom and a new, like, how's the journey been for them from the kid's point of view? Yeah. So for you say that I'm unique in the way that I work with blended families and co-parenting. So for me, um, all relationships have this like ripple effect. And I truly believe that, of course, you're important and, you know, you have to have that self-awareness and be strong for you. But that relationship with your ex-partner, your, you know, your ex-husband, that if there's children involved has this ripple effect where if that is a bumpy and difficult argumentative relationship that ripples towards the kids because they tend to be put in the middle or be ignored and then if you are in a new relationship or remarried there's again that ripple effect on your marriage or your loving relationship with your partner so for me it's it's all about, you know, now that we are a blended family officially as of a couple of weeks now, um, being open with them and letting them know that we're not here to get in the way of anything they've seen so far. So for example, after my husband and I got married, you know, his son was outside, our kids were doing whatever they wanted. And he was out swinging. So I walked out back and I went by him and I just said, you know, did you have fun at the wedding? I know there was like a lot going on. It was during COVID. So we really didn't have a lot of people, but he did have some of his cousins there, which was really nice. Um, and he just said he had so much fun. And I, I had asked him, I said, so when you introduce, you know, the kids, you're Bella and Jackson, which are my kids, you know, when you introduce them, how will you do that? And he, he looked at me and gave me a little smirk and he's like, well, I wouldn't look at, at, at Jackson and say, hi, brother. And I'm like, no, no, no. When you introduce them to other people, he's like, I would say that's my brother and sister. And that really warmed my heart because I didn't, you know, we never told him that he had to do that. Right. And so I, I said to him, I said, I want you to know that me and your dad being married doesn't mean that it changes anything with your mom. You know, I'm just here as a bonus. You know, you can call me Gabby. You can call me your bonus mom, stepmom, anything you want. Just know that the relationship that you have with your mom, I am not getting in the middle of. That is not my intention. And he just looked at me and he was so appreciative. Mm -hmm. Like, he just said, thank you. I really appreciate that. And he's like, you know, I said to him, like, can I tell you that I love you? And he's like, yeah, I would like that. So it was just Aww. being that openness with them and letting them know, you know, you're not there to be the mom now right. that you've married into the family. So mm -hmm. I, I really believe that openness, that communication and letting them know before, you know, they're questioning everything is super important for the kids. Right. I couldn't agree more, Gabby. You know, I'm remarried too, coming up on four years. And naturally, the children are older. They're adults. And 
all have uh, significant others and relationships and careers and uh, a life. And, you know, once, once they hit 21, they're pretty much, you know, adults and on their own. But um, I, I do remember that very um, pivotal moment, right, where you're no longer their father's girlfriend or my children's um, mom's boyfriend, but now we're, you know, a couple and it's, and how will that affect them? So yeah, it it is important to never try to parent or replace the parent, the birth parent, um, just to be that what did you say that bonus that, you know, that added the bonus, the bonus mom. Mm -hmm. I love that. That could be a great title for uh, a book, right? Being a bonus Mm -hmm. parent, being a bonus mom or dad. So great point. Uh, It's challenging though. I do remember those few moments where there was maybe a little disrespect or a little misbehavior and man, I wanted to step in and be like, what's going on here? But you just have to bite your tongue and um, never anything. Luckily, my husband's always been that very hands-on person. And, um, uh, it's, um, it's a challenge and one that you have to rise to. Now you have created, uh, an event and it's called the fearless woman. So tell us what is a fearless woman and what is this event and why do we need to know about it? I'm so curious. Do tell. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, the fearless, being fearless is just that, that you're on this journey and you're going to trip, you know, and we talk about taking steps back. It's really about taking steps sideways and you, you are fearless. You have that attitude within you to move forward, no matter what gets in your way and being divorced and having kids and tech, sometimes there's these relationships where, you know, your ex may have narcissistic tendencies or be diagnosed or, um, you know, you're there for everyone else and you feel like no one's there for you. And all of this just falls in line. So I've created this um, podcast style series and it's called The Fearless Woman. And it's about discovering the most effective ways to have better communication with your partner your kids, and even the ex without feeling anxious or guilty ever again. So what we're doing, I have um, over 25 experts that are going to be, you know, we've recorded episodes and we're going to release them over a couple of weeks. And it's about learning those secrets to feeling loved, adored, secured, confident, even if you've given up hope. So, you know, for me, I had given up hope when I was diagnosed um, with end-stage CF, I immediately went on 24-7 oxygen. And I really felt like there was nothing there for me. And I really relate that to the hope that I lost when I realized that my marriage was over, this, this picture that I had of my future and these Disney trips and camping and all of that changed in an instant. So I've created this event and we talk about, you know, co-parenting and, um, uh, you know, just being in um, situations like if your kids are alienated from you where, you know, they don't talk to you. There's some t- techniques that you can use. Um, if you're tired of your ex ruining another day, these are all different techniques that we talk about in 
you know, this podcast series. So I'm super excited for it. Um, it's going to be a great event. Yes, this is one of my favorite topics, and I love that you are creating a special focused event on this topic of parallel parenting, co-parenting, uh, and blended families called The Fearless Woman. And yeah. uh, when are the dates for that so that we can uh, let people know? Yeah, so the doors open on June 8th. And the event starts on June 2nd. So um, they can access the event from um, www.gabbyholly.com. That's G-A-B-B-Y-H-O-L-L-Y.com. And the banner on my website will say it. Um, So as of June 8th, they can sign up and it's free. So I'm super excited to share all of, you know, these tips and strategies and effective ways to communicate better. Excellent. So for anybody that is a parent and in a relationship that is either high conflict or blended family or going through the divorce journey at any stage would benefit from this, uh, this um, event. So thank you so much for sharing your brave story and your um, insight into this very common uh, dilemma. Right. I mean, last year alone, there were 2.6 million divorces. That's one every 13 seconds. And divorce is up 43% from the pandemic 2020. Uh, I do not know the latest statistics for 2021 because we're living them. So we have to now take the bull by the horns and make sure that you are able to make better decisions so that the entire journey is easier and smoother and smarter for you, your family, and your children. Thank you for that, Gabby. I appreciate your contribution to helping empower and educate other parents from from your health concerns, from your personal and your professional experience. Uh, I, I, take your work um, really seriously. And thank you for that. It's one of the reasons I authored Better Divorce Blueprint as a book and a workbook, because people need a roadmap. They need a blueprint. They need, I needed it. Oh my God, did I need it. If I had been able uh, way back, uh, you know, when I was embarking on my journey, stumbled upon, you know, back in the days when we used to go to bookstores, I know I love bookstores. I hope to God they don't go out of business. Uh, there's no more empowering than walking into a bookstore and just sauntering up and down the aisles and looking and picking and touching and holding and flipping through it and getting out your highlighter and making notes and all that. I, I'm a I'm a hold it in my hand kind of person. Kindles are great on vacation when you you know can't travel and you know carry your library with you, but doesn't who raise your hand everyone who loves to hold the book in your hand and feel it and turn the pages (laughs) you know it's something old school that I am I'm I'm pretty new into tech and all but there's something magical about holding a book in your hand so yeah I I love it thank you thank you so much I just want your listeners to hear they're not alone it's pretending like they're fine when in reality they are unheard they're frustrated and they're tired of waking up each day like nothing is going to change it's over Mm -hmm. we're all here 
So true. You are not alone. Don't go it alone. And from the very beginning, when that first inkling of, can we fix the marriage? Like if you've gone couples counseling, marriage therapy, divorce care, which is a church-based, faith-based program, there's so many of them. If you've done the work and you've done the work and you've seen the therapist, the family counselor, the individual counselor, the couples counselor, and you keep repeating those patterns and nothing gets better, it's never going to. That's the hard decision of realizing that you can't fix it. You can't teach a pig to sing. You can't change someone. You can only step up to the plate, you know, take the bat. This is a baseball analogy and swing yourself here. You can't let somebody else do the swinging for you. You have to take action, ask the questions, get researched, get organized, do your homework, understand your options and make better decisions because it's your responsibility for yourself to live your best, mm -hmm. healthiest life, whether it's your health and you have physical um, ailments like Gabby, who's thriving now and you know everybody, whether it's mental health, physical health, uh, mental, psychological, emotional, physical, sexual, financial, let's not forget that part of it too. And spiritually, divorce affects every aspect of your life, every cell in your body. And it's your responsibility to, to look that straight and say, I got to do something to make this healthy and make this better. So if you're listening, please uh, don't be shy. Attend your Fearless Woman event. I'm excited about it. This week is um, book launch week. So this is going to be a special edition this week, Gabby. So thanks again, everybody. We're just recovering from Memorial Day weekend here in the States. <laughs> and those of you abroad, um, it's our kickoff to summer. So thanks again. Be well and keep thriving in the chaos because let's just say there's no other choice. You've got to thrive. Thanks for tuning in. And make sure if you want to talk to us or ask us questions, you can always email us at thrivinginchaospodcast at gmail.com. See you next week.